0: Here by the Owl Podcast is a podcast for owlets and wise owls alike. Join hosts Nikki fiddle Dahl and Brianna Briegel along with rotating owls from across the country as they discuss what it takes to advise from time to time.
1: Our podcast is fueled by the true knowledge from empowering agricultural education instructors and ripen with the wisdom you will never learn in a textbook. Welcome back to another episode of Here by the Owl Podcast. Um, tonight, Nikki and I are really excited to have Audra Montgomery here with us. Um, she's one of my best friends from high school and elementary school and um, have been begging her to to be on the podcast and she finally agreed. So, um, Audra, why don't you start out by introducing yourself and letting the listeners know a little bit more about you.
2: Uh, all right. Thanks, Brianna. I, uh, I teach in Lisbon and I am a uh, one of the teachers for the Southeast Region Career and Tech Center with Brianna. Uh, I've been here for almost five years now, um, and yeah, having a good time.
0: How many students do you have total in a day?
2: Um, So we're a two-teacher program. Um, I see around 70 students a day, and our FA enrollment is around 300 students.
0: That still blows my mind. I've been there, but like the school doesn't look like it holds 300 people um it probably feels that way some days
2: (laughs) well it's split up with two buildings so yeah middle school is just on its own thing
0: um I would like for everyone listening they're probably like oh that's a small school not North Dakota that's a pretty decent sized school so um yeah we're excited Missy was even on the podcast before Audra
2: that's so I'm sure she also listened to her own
0: I hope she did she probably didn't. She was probably like that's the last time I do that.
1: She had never
2: Gran's <laughs> <has> one request.
1: <laughs> right. She had never listened to a single podcast ever before being on it. So at least you're ahead of her in that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so um but we have been we've been excited for Audrey to share. She has a really cool activity like a concrete paver activity. And um, ultimately, does a lot of cool work in the community uh, with some community partners. Uh, And I think what's cool about it is the extension from the classroom to how it can be implemented in the community um, and in a relatively um, affordable way. And I feel like, as a former teacher that taught concrete, it's really hard to choose things that um, you can do something with. Uh, I used to do like the the pumpkins I was like does everyone need a 50 pounds cement pumpkin at home um and so I was always looking for like functional things to use in the classroom so I'm excited to I'm excited for our listeners to hear this so why don't you start by just giving an overview of what your concrete paper activity is
2: yeah so we um we apply for a grant through our Lisbon endowment fund um to create a 100 concrete monuments, um, to then we set out at our local cemetery. Um, yeah, my older students do it. So my egg four, so juniors and seniors, um, we just go through some concrete basics. Um, and then we, uh, start, uh, working on the monuments.
1: And are the pavers like they're for people that have unmarked graves or how does that work?
2: Yeah, so where this started from was our advisory board um, wanted us to incorporate more community organizations, whether it was bringing it into our classroom or doing it for them. Um, and he is sits on the cemetery board and knew that there was about 500 unmarked graves out of the cemetery in Lisbon. Um, so kind of got together with him and then the, the guy that runs the cemetery, and he has a list And so then we get the list and we make, or we put the names in and, and then our kids go and set some of them in the spring. That's just,
0: how sad is that? Like that, how many years have these been unmarked? I mean, it's really cool that something's being done with them now, but I, what a cool, I don't know, conversation to have with your kids too. Like, um, like how big of a deal this is and this is something that's going to be there for a really long time so um and I think that's what's cool for kids is when they get to come back to their community and like I built that bench or like I you know they like to see that stuff so um that's just really sad but I mean so walk me through like um how many years have you done this
2: um, this will be our second one. I try to do it every okay. other year. So we did it right before we went into COVID. We had just finished taking them out to the cemetery. Okay.
0: And so what have you found now that you've done it multiple years? Like, what do you found um that like is your favorite part of the project?
2: That's a good question. Um probably when they're out of my shop taking up <laughs> the least amount of space. <laughs> uh no I think the best part is going and actually seeing them set out there with the kids because like again we don't set all of them but just when the kids go out there and they're like oh I remember sliding those names in or whatever and um some of that we haven't had any like relatives or anything so that's been good but just like them recognizing names and stuff so yeah
0: yeah that's really cool so walk us through like the whole process like um how do you start the lesson or have the conversation with your kids about like concrete versus once you get in the lab space and actually making the monument itself
2: right so we first start out um kind of talking about like what even is involved in concrete um we just use Quickcrete for our monuments because it's kind of the easiest for the space that we have um And then I actually make them slide all the names in because it takes a quite a bit amount of time. And it also kind of breaks up like the the classroom time. And then we go into the shop and do the names for a little bit. Um, And then we come back in. But when you say
0: like slide the names in, like, are you like, what is, what is that?
2: Yeah. So we have to go through our funeral home and um, order the placards kind of like what they use before they like, um, bring the headstones out to the cemetery uh, and then the lettering. So then we just get a list from um, the cemetery board and they pick out a hundred names every year. And then um, those are the ones that I just assign different groups um, like one through 10 or 10 through 20 type thing. So then they have to put those in and um, and then they'll be ready to eventually be set into the headstones.
0: How big, like, I'm just, how big are they? Like, they're not like a, we say paver, but they're not like a stepping stone paver, right? They're, or are they about that size?
2: Um, they are, they end up to be about two feet wide, uh, long and a foot and a half tall. And then okay. we just use two by fours around the whole thing. So then they're only about a two by four length. Or right thickness. so that's
0: the frame like that's what you use to frame it out and then you fill that with the quick crate. Yep. and then
2: yeah and so, then it dries yeah so for the forms we just yeah we just use two by fours and then we put hinges on both of the corners or on two of the corners so then we just um can just kind of roll it off once it's set um, and then it takes about a day day and a half depending on um so the kids then go and then we have pallets to stack it on so
1: they are kind of heavy so I make the kids do most of the heavy lifting (laughs) well and you've shared some pictures with us too correct of like what that form looks like and um your students working with it right yeah there should
2: be a couple on there um most I shouldn't say well so they kind of group themselves up so we'll have like two or three of them actually mixing the concrete and so we just use two corded drills and then like a paint mixer metal stick to then um, turn it Um, and then we have a couple people that are finishing it so they're using the floats and the edgers and then um, a couple people to put the name the actual name sign in and then to finish off the top so it's smooth.
1: So how long <laughs> sorry we both have?
0: going to say the same thing. <laughs>
1: um. So how long, typically, from like beginning of when you start introducing it to like the end when you're all done with them, does that typically take?
2: That is a great question. Um. I would say we spend like uh, prep time beforehand. So once we have the forms and stuff, we also get rebar that we cut, bend, and then weld the corners. It just provides more structure in the um, stone then. So, And again, it doesn't cover the whole thing. It just kind of sits in the middle of the thicker part. Um, So it just holds up a little bit better. So once that is done, then we put the names in. Um, Usually we try to do about 10 per day. So right now I have two classes. So it took us about a week and a half because a couple of times they were a little more wet. So we had to leave them in for another day. Um, so start to finish probably three to four weeks, I would say for the whole concrete unit.
0: And that, that includes like teaching them about concrete before you're even doing yeah. the, the lab itself. So um, did you, I guess, when you started this project did you have any experience with concrete or knowing how to do that like or like walk us through I was didn't I knew nothing about concrete when I taught concrete like it was a lot of like trial and error
2: yeah we well so our uh, alumni hookup he kind of is the jack Wall trades guy so of course he knows somebody else that knew how to do it <laughs> So when we first started it, um, my old co-teacher and I came in one night and he had a, a construction foreman come in and teach us how to do it. And he looked like a typical construction foreman. So we knew we were getting <laughs> taught correctly. Um, But he like was talking about all these things and her and I are just sitting there like, we have no idea what this guy is talking about right now. And so like, honestly, that first year, it was a lot of me learning with the kids and we did buy a couple extra bags of concrete just in case, so I think we only messed up one that year, and we didn't have any mess ups this year. So
0: progress. So did you did you end up changing how you were building the monuments, like, or based off of the plan that you guys came up with? Did you like you use rebar with the first set, or was it like, oh, we found they weren't holding, so we added the rebar? later Um,
2: no we always had that part but I think this year um because like a couple kids my first year knew a little bit about concrete so they were kind of in charge of it this year none of them really knew and so the first batch of them I really had to sit there what and I go through how to do one with the kids and so I really had to sit there and make sure that they were getting all everything mixed in and making sure that it was all getting put into the forms and stuff like that. So I think it was more just keeping more diligent with the kids. Like, I, I feel like I just had to keep on them to make sure it was going okay. Cause you, you don't want it to turn out bad. So.
1: Right. Especially when you're putting your name on it, you know, and it's going towards something right. And I mean, cause sometimes you make projects in the shop and it's like, no one's going to see it. So if it gets messed up, you know, but this is a little bit higher stakes um for sure when you're doing it for a service like that um but I guess kind of thinking about your students like what do they think about the project Do they enjoy doing it and getting to do some concrete work maybe you have some that love it and some that don't but uh
2: it honestly depends they get a little sick of it towards the end because a hundred is a lot uh I kind of wanted to scale back this year but when we wrote the grant we just wrote it for a hundred again um so when I told them I was like, "Well, let, let's just start with 10 today." And they're like, "Okay, but how many do we have to make?" And I was like, "Well, 100." So once they get going though, and they all kind of have their jobs, it's pretty enjoyable. We turn some music on and so I think they like it because it's not a woodworking project and it's not sitting in the classroom and and I know we do a lot of things, but it's something that is they will never do in another class. Like they will never make concrete in another class.
0: Well, and I just like the idea of like when they get the opportunity to go out there, they might not place them all, but that's not the point of it. They they learn it with a few of them, and then it's it's that impact in the end. How much money do you get for your grant to do this?
2: So we we get we write the grant for. All the tools purchased. Um, we also got some tubs for the students to mix them in. We bought another corded drill, um, 100 bags quickcrete rebar. Actually, our biggest expense is the name placards, um, which kind of surprised me. Like it took us like took up almost half of our budget this year, and like they had gone up from the last time, but. Um, all in all, we request about $6,500 from our endowment fund and we get pretty close to using all that money,
1: which is crazy to me. Like, I mean, you're making a hundred, right? So if someone was to do this, they could scale back a little bit and not, not spend as much, but, um, it's cool that your community is, is willing to support it too.
2: Right. And so they give out like a hundred thousand dollars in um in this fund every single year. And so it was kind of cool because like when we first went to the cemetery board to talk to them about it, like they were all on board and they're like, You let us know when you need them set, when you need names. And so I they've been very good to us and we haven't been turned down. And and I think like if somebody were to do this somewhere else, you could definitely go a different way in, in terms of the lettering, because then you're looking at half half of the cost and it's not as mm-hmm.
0: steep. One well, maybe maybe with a different partnership like that could be a donation to the project so you'd have a donor for those those things um plus you'd have the endowment money to take care of like some of the expenses too, too. um could be an option. I'm just thinking of like other things to do. What comes to mind is um when you talked about we use quickree because it's the the best I always had kids that said like um oh yeah I helped you know put a clothesline up at the farm or like they there were always some kid that did some sort of concrete work whether it was like fancy or not and it was always fun to talk about different types of concrete concrete and like the aggregates I think it would be cool if like I'm just thinking like an extension if like even before this they they filled a form with different types of concrete um like vinyl concrete quick crete, maybe a concrete that has like a ton of like larger size aggregates and then filled all the and made one of each to kind of determine like what one should we use and then price it out as well to say like you know, because maybe this isn't a project that you can do, maybe this isn't an opportunity in your community, or like for you, Audra, at some point, you're going to run out of these, right, you're going to fulfill the need of 500, and how could you do something to still have that conversation, and so instead, you just use the scenario that audra has in this situation and tell kids like okay you've been you've been approached to design a concrete monument for unmarked graves um it is your job to determine um what is the best um concrete to to use and what the cost would be you know because like that right there like obviously you can you can set that stone with any type of concrete but the expenses is what's going to change. And anything with like a ton of aggregates might fall apart, you know, so like you could start to have that conversation with them of like quality, um, like longevity, like out in the, out in the elements. Um, So if, if you can't do this in your community, like that's a different way that you could still have the conversation um, with your kids and do something that I think is still just as impactful.
2: Right. And like going back to your point, like some people have already done it. Like the thing that I like, cause the kids are like, okay, when are we going to use this? Right. They always ask us that you could be 30 years old and you crack one of your pavements coming up to your house. It's way easier to, for you to go and buy uh what whatever dollar amount quick and do it yourself versus having to call somebody to bring them in. Like We've had lots of those conversations and they're like, oh, well, yeah, I could see it going here or whatever. And so you're right. You're maybe not going to use in everyday life, but just having the skill to know how to do it. Granted, the kids keep telling me we need a cement mixer, but I was like, I don't think we can get that passed through our grant, but I will keep it in mind.
0: You have like 40 cement mixers there. They all have different names. (laughs) (laughs) No, so after this, is this like the capstone to the concrete um lesson, or do you do you move into other lessons after that?
2: nope this is this is our ending for right now. Um, could maybe go a little more in depth in the future, but like I said, I'm still fairly new at this right now, so, um, but I've definitely learned a lot in just the two times that we've done
0: it, yeah, no, it definitely um, you know, and if if you couldn't do this in class would be a really cool SAE opportunity for a kid. Um, Maybe an extension is if you have a kid that really likes this, maybe they research the, the people that got, you know, the the monuments that year as an SAE um, and do like a story in, in your local newspaper, um, you know, about those individuals. I mean, it's crazy to me that they have the names of these people too. So, you know, maybe they can, pick one or so many and they can do that research uh, and highlight those individuals and um, that could be pretty fun for a kid um, and provide an extension activity um, you know outside the classroom for someone that is really interested. Um, right
2: especially because like a lot of our names are like the last time it was in the 1800s and so, like a lot of them, like it was like a mother and a child buried together. So, like the kids were just kind of talking about some of those things like wow. that changed over the years. so it's it's been interesting, even just, yeah, looking at the names and dates of,
0: yeah well, and like are. thinking back to your like community's history, like, there's got to be like a museum or or a board of people that have, you know, vast knowledge about, you know, the history of your community. Um, so if you couldn't research the individual person, like, like thinking about the top the time frame oh my gosh some I did you see how much I jumped someone's breaking in my house or it's just Ainsley um but the time frame like those people were were buried in um and like what was happening in the community what businesses were here what did life look like during the time frame that these people were buried um could be really a really cool project too was most likely flooding probably i would say so (laughs) yeah um so i mean challenges that you would warn or like tell others about if they're interested in doing something like this
2: um it is fairly spendy um but like i said we have lots of good um people in our community so um like our rebar was donated the first time we did this um honestly just try a couple on your own that was what I what we had learned the first time um and it's okay if they don't all turn out amazing I mean again you want them to look good but if one or two aren't the best it's not going to be the worst thing in the world if you got to make another one or whatever
1: but yeah I feel like it's just a lot of trial and error at the beginning well and a lot of like learning along with the kids too um I mean I think that's a cool lesson too for for people that maybe aren't comfortable like I wouldn't be comfortable doing concrete either and a lot of agmac things but um after 100 I probably would be so you know like you you do it and you get better at it so um do you want to kind of share a few of the resources that you've um given us to put in the show notes just so people can kind of know what to expect or like what's all there
2: um, I mostly use the egg techno uh technical systems and mechanics book by ATP. Um, and then we focus mostly on the concrete and masonry construction. Um, it just kind of goes over aggregates and tools. Um, my kids just say, hand me that shovel looking thingy, and then we find out it's called a trowel. Um, so that they still don't call it a trowel, but it's fine. They'll someday they'll know um and then uh I just had them make a poster before we went out there um and then yeah just made the headstones
0: and then let's go over supplies one more time um you said it cost about 6,500 that's how much you get from the endowment and just rattle off a list of the the supplies needed to actually a lot of
1: shovel looking
0: things but yeah a lot of shovel looking things (laughs) yeah um how many kids again total so i have two
2: sections right now and there's about 30 of them
0: okay that gives people an idea
2: yep um so and like when we built the forms we just used two by fours that we still had in the shop and we just cut to so like that i mean it's an expense but not really um yeah so the two by fours for the forms if you want to use any hinges um some of the tools we bought were uh floats, um edges surround the top edges of the headstones, um, then the rebar, and we bought little um black tubs for the kids to use, but you can honestly use a garbage tub, like it really that really doesn't matter, just something big enough to fit all that. Um, and then the quick crete. Um, and then we also Uh, bought a little hardener to just to help speed up the process a little bit Um, as well as the uh, using the funeral home to buy the placards and then the
0: lettering and that's as simple as that yeah I think too like one thing is if you don't have the time that Audra had to do this you could easily just like she said earlier, don't do 100. Maybe there's a lot. And maybe you don't even have that many to do. Like you can't, you contact somebody and maybe it's not that many. Um, You know, scale it back, especially if you don't have 30 kids to do it. Like, you know, if you only have 10 in your class, you know, 50 would even be plenty. Um, <laughs> So um, I but think there's I lots of ways to, to modify it.
1: I feel like people listening probably are thinking like, oh, my town doesn't have any, but I never would have thought that, a town as small as Lisbon has 500, you know, so I think about bigger towns, surrounding communities or some of those like cemeteries in the middle of nowhere that, you know, Mm -hmm. like how many maybe they have that are unmarked. So I think people would probably be surprised if they checked.
0: Yeah. And what a cool like item to showcase on your program activities and uh, your national chapter, Audra.
2: I'm working on it.
0: But, I mean, just an overall cool activity for for kids and and the community. Um, Definitely anything like this, like, don't forget to to put it in your local newspaper, put it out on social media, because those are the types of things that some people don't see that you do that everyone should see. Like, that's, like Audra said earlier, I think that's my favorite part of this whole episode is, like, they will not do anything like this in any other class, Um, and so this I mean simple activity but high impact in the end so um that's what I love about it but make sure you check out um the show notes for all the stuff that Audra has shared with us if people want to contact you uh, ask you questions talk about the project um, what's the best way they can reach out to you
2: um I typically probably look at Facebook the most you can find me at Audra Montgomery um, or just my, uh, school email, which is audra.montgomery at k12.nd.us. Um, yeah, I'll gladly help anybody. I, again, I don't have all the answers, but I have some, so hopefully that will help.
0: (laughs) No one ever has all the answers, but uh, some of your failures, um, some of your failures will be things that you can laugh at later too. So, um, if anyone does anything similar, like, it'd be cool to see, like, if you tagged us on Facebook so we could see, like, other other versions of this um, in the future, too. So, um, Audra's definitely going to have a, a hard time having her kids set the headstones this year, since we still have a billion feet of snow on the ground, so.
2: <laughs> yes, Luckily, our cemetery is above the river, so we should be good. Oh. <laughs>
0: that, that's good. That's a plus. But um, yeah, so uh, thanks again, Audra, for sharing your really cool project uh, with our listeners. And uh, for everyone listening, check out the show notes and make sure you like Here by the Owl podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And as always, if you have a future topic idea or would like to be a guest on the show, reach out to us. We would love to have you. Thanks for listening.